for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. I apologize for the kind of sporadic schedule we've had for the last month or so, but jumping between in-person podcasts and my day job, it's been hard to be kind of consistent with these as of late, but I promise we're going to get back onto a regular routine of every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And we're kicking it off this week with an amazing musician that I've had a chance to listen to for the last couple of weeks, Olivia Lynn. How's it going today? Hiya, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Just kind of enjoying the Sunday. I was watching soccer yesterday and my team lost, so that was kind of a, a letdown. But, you know, today's another day. Yeah, exactly right. Today's another day, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, uh, so... First off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I'm really excited. I know uh, uh, Rachel and I have been trying for a bit to get this one to work out as far as scheduling and all that fun stuff, but we got you on today. You got a new single that dropped about a month ago and really excited to jump in and chat about it. So uh, for people that are just kind of getting to meet you, I'll kind of take a second to uh, let everybody know your background and like what got you, or let everybody know what got you into music. Let's start there. Yeah, um, so I'm Olivia Lynn, and I've been singing, God, I can remember really, um, but properly singing since, a, since I was about four years old. I loved all genres of music, I still do, um, and I sing pretty much everything and anything I can. Um, however, as I was growing up, my nana introduced me to Dolly Parton. We used to listen to her in the car, and um, she'd introduce me to like Jive and Elvis Presley and all that kind of jazz. And I just took a very fond liking to Dolly Parton and from there um you know I got older I my music taste was expanded introduced to Taylor Swift Miley Cyrus and they are country pop so it's like mix of country mix of pop and I decided that's the genre I wanted to go into so uh last yeah last year um I joined my management team at the minute KA Media and we worked together to fingers crossed um get me into Nashville but at the minute I'm an up and country pop artist nice nice so are you looking to move to nashville or just start playing in nashville anything anything, anything? i would get in a heartbeat in a heartbeat that's i i talked to a lot of musicians especially from the uk that would move to nashville in a heartbeat and nashville's fun and cool and it, it's just one of those things that if you've never been to nashville i'd probably go visit it before making any kind of um permanent move just because nashville is not for everyone just i'm yeah. gonna put it out there um but nashville is cool i do enjoy it i'm actually i've been trying to move there for the last six months but i'm not gonna move there without uh without having some kind of stable income i'm gonna just put yeah. it that way yeah so um <laughs> but yeah so no that's cool you brought up miley cyrus which is an interesting one. I don't hear a lot of country musicians bring up Miley Cyrus as a uh, 
kind of an influence, although her dad was Billy Ray Cyrus and all that stuff. But I, you know, it's just Miley Cyrus doesn't get brought up a lot. And I was watching a video, uh, like a live performance of her uh, playing, uh, I think it was actually Jolene bringing up Dolly Parton. Mm. And I just got a huge, I just got a huge amount of respect for Miley Cyrus as a musician, just kind of watching her play this stripped back version of Jolene, just her and an acoustic guitar. I think it had to be during the pandemic. Yeah, I I remember that video, actually. Yeah. I think she's an amazing artist. She is just phenomenal. You know, she not only has just stuck to country, she's... I think that's another thing. I think it's because people don't think that she Mm. had done pop. They think she's known for being this wacky, you know, out there artist who pop songs but that's that underneath that and before that she was mm. a artist and they do forget that Peter Barry Cyrus is literally her dad yeah as well. <laughs> yeah it's that and then I think it's because she came through the big Disney machine she was Hannah Montana and did all that and it's like yeah that, that's how she got her that's how she kind of made a name for herself was through Disney and all that stuff but mm. underneath it all there's a really good musician there and i think now that she's kind of gone through her post disney i've got to be crazy and out there to escape this disney stigma that i've had i think now we're seeing some really good music from miley cyrus and just like really authentic stuff yeah i agree so um so your grandma introduced you to dolly parton which kind of led you into Miley Cyrus and all that stuff where did kind of playing your own music or writing your own music where's that kind of come into play um so I've been writing my own music ever since I joined high school actually um obviously when I was younger I write like maybe little poems and kind of things like that yeah Um, nothing ever serious um but when I joined high school I had a really bad time I was really badly bullied and I hated it and I actually dropped out in year nine um but before that, in year eight, I wrote my first ever song, which actually isn't released yet. Um, and I want to release it, but it's one of those songs that I don't want to release it straight away. I want to perfect it. And it's my first ever thing, like a baby to me. And mm. it means so much, like, very authentic. So mm. um, I wrote it, it's called China Doll. And um, it's about how I was suffering uh, in school really badly. Um, and yeah, kind of about bullying. And yeah, from there, I just kind of carried on writing my own music. And I, I never really just wrote country because um, mm-hmm. storytelling, that is, you you know, you tell stories in all types of music, whether or not it's prominent or not really seen. Um, but I never just wrote country. I used to write all sorts of songs. I used to write some raps, actually, sometimes. That I cannot believe I'm saying, which is absolutely <laughs> mental. Um, and then I used to write some like, pop hits and stuff. But I stuck with the country and I'm so glad I did. And yeah, I started releasing my own music. Um, however, Modern Girl, I like to say this because I like to give people the credit that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Modern Girl and um, Anchor, and I love it. They're all co-written. So I didn't write fully, they're co-written. I helped, I put my input and my ideas in and said what I would like. And then my amazing songwriter did the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ain't It a Shame, which is my newest one that is released, is all fully written by me. Every yes. single word is written by me, which is why I'm so passionate about speaking about it because it is literally my first like ever song that's written by me that is actually released, which is mental. So yeah. yeah. 
Nice. And it it's a good song. I've had a chance to listen to it several times since uh, uh, we booked this podcast, and I really enjoy listening to it. Actually, I li- oddly enough, I really enjoyed listening to the club mix of Modern Girl. I'm not a huge fan of club mixes. No, but- um, okay. I that. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things where it was like, it was different. It was different from everything else. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. I've always really enjoyed like when people write music, but then they let other music, like it's really big. You brought up writing your own raps, but it's like really big in the hip hop uh, genre where they like remix music and all that stuff. And it kind of reminded me of that. It was, it was really interesting. And yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, so the one thing that I did want to talk about before we kind of jump into some of your more modern releases, you know, talking about Ain't It A Shame, the, your, the one song that you released this year or earlier, I get you've released a few songs this year. So I guess the song that you released last month, Ain't It A Shame, where does, I noticed that you released Water Under The Bridge that was in like 2015 or something. Was that, and then, well, okay. I, on the thing, it says 2015. I've actually noticed it. Right, on the on Apple Music songs on Apple Music, I looked and it said it released in twenty fifteen and I didn't release that in twenty fifteen. I released that after Okay. Well, I released that after Modern Girl and I released it after I Love It as well actually. Okay. So around the same time as those, which I'd say the start of this year, so January, February time I think. Okay. Gotcha. It was one of those things where it's like I'm looking at it and like the photo looks like a recent photo, but it says it was released six years ago. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm missing something, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But yeah. So, yeah. um, no, that, that kind of explains it all. Um, so you started releasing music kind of during the pan, I guess 2021 was at the tail end of the pandemic was, did the pandemic kind of slow down you like professionally releasing music or did it help kind of expedite it? Where does kind of the pandemic come into play? Um, you know what? I'd say the pandemic was an impact on my career in music in general. Um, because the negative would be it slowed us down massively. Um, I'm not going to lie. And I'm sure a lot of other artists can relate or anyone in that sort of industry whether or not you do music or it's a band or um, actual art or anything like that, mm-hmm. it massively slowed us down. You know, I had such big plans um, to get everything out as soon as possible, release an album, mm-hmm. and COVID just went, nope, you're not yeah. doing it. And yeah, it was really difficult. Um, however, saying that, I'm glad I didn't rush it um, because it's put me in a place now where I'm so happy and I'm happy that I've, I'm taking my time and mm. I'm not releasing songs that maybe I will maybe regret or something I might think I could have done better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in a way it's had a massive positive impact and this is going to sound so cringe as well, but the um, lockdown and the pandemic in general um, actually brought me so much closer to my family. So mm-hmm. much closer. Um, which I think is, you know, a really important thing as well. So, but yeah, so positive and negative. Yeah, fair. Oh, um... So what, so you've pretty much been releasing singles. Do you have the intent of turning this into a full album or are they leading to a full album or you just kind yeah. of stay in singles? Um, I wouldn't make it into an album. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got 
more songs lined up. Literally, we've got about 15 more songs lined up. Okay. Not all of them will be in this album. I want to release another album. Um, so, as you can tell, I've got like big plans. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm hoping if I release a few more songs, I, I, I've got five out at the minute or four. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, if I release maybe. Um, You've got five, and then if you consider Modern Girl Club Mix as a sixth. So. Yeah. So a couple more, and then fingers crossed I'll be able to make that into an album, mm-hmm. which leads me to thinking of album names, which is really difficult because I want to go with something that I won't regret. Um, yeah. But yeah, so definitely, definitely an album is wanted right now. Awesome. That's cool. Uh, so let's jump into... Let's talk about the most recent song, Ain't It a Shame. It's You dropped it the end of September, September 30th, I believe it was. Um, yes, I actually think it was. I was looking September, at the yeah. original uh, press release that Rachel sent me, and I was like, okay, September 30th, remember this one. Um, so uh, what, what's kind of the story behind Ain't It a Shame? Um, so I say this to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Ain't It a Shame is about... It's such a hard song to explain because I don't want people thinking that I'm some man hater and because that's just not who I am. Um, I'm a proud feminist, but I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not a man hater. But this song is about certain males in my life. Um, Some are family, some are friends, um, and some are people who I don't even know who have just commented on my stuff online. But it's about them telling me um you know what i can and can't do and you know like like for example i've been told multiple times not to sit like that sit with your legs crossed like a lady Um, and that's a example of you know i don't know why i should be sitting with my legs crossed just because i'm a lady like it's very confusing um but yeah so it's kind of about you know males in my life who some males i thought would support me um in my career and what i'm doing and what i'm singing about um and they just haven't so i've turned around and i went you know what i'm gonna write a song about it so it's a it's yeah it's about me doing what i want um i always like to say respectfully in the law i have boundaries i'm not some you know some rebel Mm. but um about me you know i stick into my guns and being confident in what i do and what i say and what i wear Mm -hmm. um and what i speak about so yeah it's what ain't it shame's about yeah nice so it's celebrating is it fair to say it's celebrating independence and being able to be authentically who you are and not conform to societal norms? Yeah, right? I love that. Yeah, exactly right. Fair. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of why, like, just kind of listening to it. Uh, obviously, it, it's not going to resonate resonate with me in certain ways because I'm maybe not the target demographic for the song, but just putting myself into that space of, okay, setting aside the, the gender specifics of it all and just kind of not just kind of being who you are. That's why the song uh, just kind of sticks out to me. And so, um, which is really cool. Um, how long have you been sitting on uh, Ain't It a Shame? As far as like, you know, uh, from when you wrote it to released it? Um, about a couple of months, I want to say. I want to say four months, four or five months. Um, 
yeah, I'd say about actually, no, I'd say about four months we'd be sitting on it. Um, yeah. And I don't mean sitting on it as a bad thing. Just kind of obviously, there's a process of okay, making sure we release certain songs at certain times, hitting you know because you don't want to release a Christmas song in June. That makes yeah. so I. You know, it's just kind of interesting what goes into the thought process of when to release certain music and when not. Yeah. So, um, what was it about this song that just kind of spoke to you as, okay, it's time to release this song? Um, I'd definitely say it's like a message for me. Mm. Um, I experienced quite a lot mm. of Um men or boys you know i'm gonna call them boys because they're, they're not allowed to be called men. um but boy um commenting or messaging me personally about what i wear and uh, i had it all the time and in the back of my mind i was just thinking i, I usually have this song and it is perfect for you right now yeah. for this situation but i can't release it so and then i spoke to my management and i was like um we need to get a ball rolling we need to we need to actually get this out here now. Yeah. I've had enough. I need to get this out. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, because we haven't released a song in a couple months. So we you know, wanted to keep everything going, keep everything mm. going. And then obviously we released it in September, which is actually funny because Modern Girl was released on the 21st of September. Mm. So yeah, it was released in the same month, which I thought was pretty cute actually. So nice. yeah. yeah. Speaking of Modern Girl, we were talking about the the visuals that you released a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago for modern girl are you also looking at the idea or the possibility of doing something for uh ain't it a shame oh 100 percent. yeah i definitely i definitely want something for ain't it a shame mm -hmm. not sure if we're going ahead with that just yet because um i've got another song coming out fingers crossed very soon called red and i'm mm -hmm. i'm to say it's called red because i've sung it at um, a few live gigs nice. uh, it's not obviously released yet and i won't be posting it on social media however um red will be coming out fingers crossed very soon and i know for a fact 100 percent that that we'll be having a visual because we're already planning that um nice. so i think after we've done the visual for red we'll probably be the one for ain't it a shame okay back to front but i think it's because we're hoping to release red with a visual at the same time mm -hmm. yeah which yeah, that, that'll be, like, I, I've seen a lot of musicians approach this, like, this very dilemma um, different ways. Like, they'll release the visual before the single drops, which I've seen it work sometimes, but then people kind of don't, like, they'll go to the visual, but don't, don't show the actual single, whether it's on Spotify or whatever, they don't really show that much love. Or they release the single, and then they wait a couple of months, and the visual drops to kind of give that single a second life and that kind of works. But the tried and true that I've seen work time and time again is release the music video with the single attack it on all fronts. Yeah, I know. I yeah. agree. I think I was listening to someone, um, like for example, Lady Gaga, right. Mm -hmm. And her outfits and her visuals are phenomenal. Like mm -hmm. they're amazing. And I just read the song. I had a hundred. I want to see how you're singing it. I want to see what you're getting up as. And you know, people like people are nosy. People like to see what what you look like and all this and sort of stuff. So 
I, I agree. I think the best way is to drop it with official. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So with all this going on, are you, you're still working on the visual or like a music video for Modern Girl, right? You're still kind of trying to figure out what that's going to look like? Yeah, 100%. Still going through that. Trying to, we had a plan. We had an idea of what it wanted to look like. It didn't mm-hmm. work, which I'm sure other artists know, like relate to. Some things don't work. And mm-hmm. instead of dwelling on it, we're going to move on and we're going to think of another plan, another kind of vibe for the visual for that one as well. And mm-hmm. I'm really, really hoping that in the end, every single one of my songs will have some sort of visual. Because mm-hmm. that's yeah, I, you know, kind of watching the the trial video, we'll call it the trial video for Modern Girl. I like what you were trying to go for, and I just think it needed a little. I think it to for me because what I I'm a film or a video producer. I make commercials, videos, all that stuff. That's what I do in my daytime. So just kind of watching it from that angle putting aside any like technical things of oh that shot's a little out of you know like whatever putting all that stuff aside the stuff that you went for was great it just needed a little bit more because for me i think it got a little repetitive i agree because it was just like okay it just got a little repetitive so you needed something to break it up whether it was just like your standard like you're performing with a, you know, like how some music videos will have like that narrative and then yep. they'll just have the cutaway like band performing. Maybe that's all it needed, but yeah. like it's not my vision. So, you know, I can't yeah. really. I can, you know, I do think it did. And um, I felt like when I was watching it, it was okay. She's doing something different. Oh, and now I'm going back to walking in a field. And mm-hmm. now I'm going back to being on a road. And I get what you mean, um, mm-hmm. which, which is one I'll run. And that will not be the finished product. Yeah. And, but I really do respect the fact that you decided to release it, just kind of getting it out there for people to see. And, yeah. you know, like, like I said, it's definitely, it, you went for it, you tried. And... I don't think for me, I don't think you were as far off to having something good as you think you are. I like, I wouldn't go back to the drawing board to like reimagine the whole thing. I would just kind of make a few small changes to kind of break up the repetitiveness. So I'll take that. I'll take that. Awesome. So kind of with everything going on the rest of the year and probably going into the next year with all the releases, music videos, all that fun stuff. Um, where are you kind of at, like creatively, like as far as like writing, are you always writing or where do you kind of find yourself right now? Um, I'm pretty much always writing. Um, I mean, I make, that makes me sound like my life is super, super entertaining, but um, there's, I mean, most of my songs, all of my songs have meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm pretty much literally writing all the time. So there's, I, there's never a dull moment. And if I do find um, that maybe I haven't written something in a while, I'll go back onto my notes or my voice memos and there'll be an old song that I haven't fully put together yet or finished. And then I'll mm-hmm. go back to that and finish that. So yeah, always writing. Nice. And are you, like you said, you've, got you said you had 15 songs already kind of written is that what you said earlier yeah it what kind of goes through the process of selecting those to record are you 
looking are you do you write songs and it's like okay wrote them now we got to record them or are you not afraid to be like okay this song's just going to kind of be there it's not ready to record or it's not going to be like recordable but i just needed to get it out of my head um you know what? yeah there is one song that i have mm-hmm. that i i like um and hopefully one day in the future i could release it mm-hmm. but at the minute i don't want to it's it's a song it's passionate um and it's about something that means a lot to me but uh, it's not the right. It's not the right vibe for me. And mm. I'm, I'm doing right now. Um, mm. It doesn't sound. It doesn't fit my country pop vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, and so at the minute, it's it's written. It's out there. But it will sit on the sidelines until there's a better moment to release it. And if in the future I do want to release it, I can always make changes and make it sound a bit better as well. But I, yeah. 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 I I think that's actually really smart. Like not because. I've seen a lot of bands and stuff that will like write a song just because they had like this tune or this chorus or this whatever stuck in their head and they just wanted to get it out of their head. But I think every song has the potential to be something really good. You just got to let it mature just because it's not ready right now doesn't mean three years down the line. If you come back and revisit it, it's like, oh, wait, let's just change this because this makes more sense, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah. Um, and then as far as like live get like how often are you playing out live shows? Pretty good, actually. Um, I did one yesterday, which was a private function. And then I've got another one tonight, which is another private function. Um, I do a lot of community stuff, um, but um, it's really good as well. So I do a lot of gigs in like the town centers and stuff like that. I do um, a lot of charity stuff as well. So I've done some gigs for... Um, when everything was going on in Ukraine um, mm-hmm. and things like that, but no gigs have been really good actually lately, which is which is quite surprising um, because normally they're really good in the kind of the summertime actually. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not complaining, so yeah, they've been they've been pretty good. Which is I've been getting my name out there a bit more, which is quite surprising to me because I'll get like a DM or a message asking for me, and then I'll be like, oh, I wonder, it makes you wonder how they heard yeah. of you, how they yeah. kind of found me but um yeah i've got a few coming up and then i've got a keach one coming up as well which is for charity but um yeah so keep myself busy nice that's always good i you know it's been very interesting to kind of what like i've not ever been to the uk yet like i'm planning on it next year uh but it's one of those things where i sit there and I see all these gigs happening, like all these musicians that I talk to and have had on the podcast or haven't had on the podcast yet, but we have like conversations and whatnot, just seeing all these gigs. And like, let's say I, I've had a conversation with a hundred different UK artists and they've yeah. all got a gig on the same night. And they're, you know, that's just like in my head, that math is mind boggling that there's yeah. that much uh or that much like availability for venues yep. and that, that stuff considering like i mean yeah some of them don't live in like london or the surrounding areas of london some of them live down in like south south england or they live out in like cardiff or up in like liverpool and they're kind of spread out but still just like all these musicians having consistent gigs on the same days it's like 
if I ever went to the UK, I would never know where to go because it's like, I, I need to go to like a hundred different places. I'd spend like a year there and probably not get to see everyone I want to see. Yeah, I get what you mean. So, which is really cool. And, you know, the fact that the UK is kind of really starting to become the Europe, at least the European hub for country music. It's a, uh, it's been really cool, especially from the first UK country artist I interviewed in 2020 all the way to now, just kind of seeing the evolution of the country music over the last two, two and a half years, you know, like whatever it's been, it's been really cool and interesting to watch. Yeah, it must be so, so yeah, like you said, it must be very interesting, your point of view to see, see yeah. how it is, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, from live gigs to all that stuff, kind of outside of music, when I know you're really big or on your website, it says that you're uh, really big in promoting, uh, youth mental health. I think, did I read that correctly? Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of, uh, let's talk about that for a little bit, because I don't think mental health is something that gets talked about enough, especially in the music realm. Yeah, so, like I said, I kind of started talking about mental health after I had been through what I went through in high school. Mm-hmm. From there on, I was like, I want to... I felt like I couldn't speak out stuff, and I didn't want other kids feeling like that. My family are so, so supportive, so I spoke to my family about everything, but um, it's hard trying to, you know, get the motivation to start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've... I work a lot with um, Young Minds. I like to promote Young Minds UK, which is a um, mental health group, um, mm-hmm. organization, support group for a specifically um, a younger audience. But um, I, I don't think it's talked about enough either. I think uh, people think it's a very taboo subject and mm-hmm. they're almost too scared to talk about it. Um, but I don't think it should be like that. I think people know, need to know the reality of what's going on. Um, because if you don't know the reality, everyone's going to think everything's, you know, whoopsie-daisy and everything's, everything, everything's fine, but it's not. Um, yeah. So I do like to talk about it a lot. I also do, on my social media, I do checkups and how people are feeling. My DMs, are, I always say to everyone, my DMs are always open. Um, I'm always constantly replying to people in my DMs, um, you know. But it's, it's a hard, it's hard because I like to give advice, but I always say... Mm. I'm not professional. I'm someone mm-hmm. who just gone through the same thing that you have or the same sort of thing that you have. And I'm just trying to make it more bearable for you. But obviously I like to make it clear. I'm not a professional. I'm not going to know what is best. So mm-hmm. I like about names of people who could help them, professional people that could, you know, help them talk and give them methods to cope and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, I will never stop ranting and raving about mental health. Um, yeah. I think it's a bit embarrassing for people who do have a big social media platform, a much bigger than mine, mm. and they don't talk about it. Um, or they don't, not even just about mental health, but if you've got a big platform and you're not talking about things that are going on in the world, things that people need to be, um, you know, people need to know about, mm-hmm. what's the point in you having that big platform that you have? I think. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's just my opinion, though. But yeah. No, I I definitely 100% agree because, you know, it was during the pandemic that I really started 
to examine my, er, my personal mental health and just kind of started talking to other musicians. And I start, or, oh, well, I'm not a musician, but just like started talking to musicians about mental health. And somebody brought up to me that, man, I, I'm really, gl- this is, I'm speaking to me, man, I'm really glad you brought that up because a lot of people don't realize that we're sitting on stage and a lot of these songs that we or that this person specifically wrote were about bad moments in their life or bad feelings or bad breakups or you know whatever it was and he's like yeah i i love performing and performing is very cathartic for me but when i'm up there playing a song that's talking about my best friend killing himself and what I was going through every night, I have to relive those feelings and it's not always easy to like, it's not an easy thing to deal with. And sometimes I self-medicate, you know, and it's one of those things that I think a lot of fans don't really understand. It's like, Oh yeah. Sing that song about the crazy girlfriend that, you know, cheated on, you know, like whatever it is, but then the musicians got to sit there and relive all those moments, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, you just end that, but um, no, 100%, I agree. Um, fans or supporters don't realize that uh, music is an escape. Most artists, it's why they do it, and the songs they write about, uh, the, the songs that they write, sorry, are mostly about personal experiences and stuff. Um, so no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, and you're kind of shining a light on it. I really respect that, and appreciate. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that really appreciate it because, as much as I try, like in the same boat as you, as much as I try and keep my DMs open and you know, kind of be there for whoever needs it, I'm not a professional. Like, I I can be there to be like, oh man, like, you know, and just give my advice but that's all it is it's not professional advice it's just my advice 100%. but um so yeah so kind of when you need to take time to like reset after you know dealing with family stuff dealing with your personal life dealing with music all like everything else that's going on what do you what's kind of some of your hobbies what's your like, okay, I've got a free Saturday afternoon. I'm going to do, what are you going to do? Um, it kind of changes, really. It depends on the mood for. The other <laughs> end, I did some scrapbooking, which was fun. Um, I like to make memories for when I'm older, for um, <laughs> if I have kids or my siblings have kids. Uh, to show them what I was up to, to show them what my family were up to. So I do scrapbooking, I find that very relaxing. Or I do some sort of art, um, whether that's drawing, painting, um, or anything kind of to do with that. And if I'm being in something a lot more relaxing, well, I think it's relaxing. And everyone's probably going to think I'm an absolute weirdo. But I will get in my bed, I will make an iced coffee, yes. and I will watch horror films because that is just what I do. I love them. I can't help it. I just love nice. them. What kind of horror films? Like, are we talking like the classics or are we talking like so bad it's good horror films or what kind of horror films are we talking about? I think horror films nowadays are absolutely terrible. That's okay. my opinion. 
I think the old horror horror films will forever be the best. Mm-hmm. The best acting, the best storylines. I think a lot of horror films nowadays literally have the same storyline, just in like different places and like mm. kind of worded different. Yeah. And the acting in most of them as well is so so bad. But saying that, there are a few good ones. But I don't know really. I I do love the classics. Like mm. I love the classic it. Like not the it yeah. that was. Not the two it's that were released, you know, like recently, but the okay. old one. Um, and I love what else do I love? Stuff like Nine Hour and Elm Street and mm-hmm. you know, like um Michael Myers and stuff. But then mm. I also like films like Insidious. I love Insidious much <laughs> and but I've got a soft spot for zombie films. Yes. I I love zombie films. World War Z, Walking Dead, honestly. That's one regret I have was giving up on The Walking Dead in like season five or six. It it, it was one of those things where when I was in college, we started watching like middle of season two. And it was like the last two years that I was in school. And so it was like every Sunday night or whenever it came on, we'd watch Walking Dead you know, just a bunch of college guys sitting there watching Walking Dead. It's normal, right? Um, and then I would watch for a few years after I left, but then it just got to the point where it was like, all right, I'm kind of good on this now. And then I just kind of stopped watching. I think they were, they just met the governor or something was kind mm-hmm. of when I stopped watching. Um, but yeah, zombie films are always good just because they could be so bad it's good or they could be so good it's you know it's zombie films are good i've i really enjoyed the original halloween and then the more recent redos or the more recent sequels i thought those were really good i love the rob zombie sequels like the first one not the second one the second one was trash but that first the rob zombie uh he did a remake of halloween oh really Uh, yeah it's it's a little bit more edgier and it's uh um if yeah it's just edgier like it's not like it's true like the story's true to the original halloween but it's not like done as tastefully let me just say it that way um but yeah no horror films are good i'm actually probably gonna watch what do i want to watch this after i don't know i got a few whole <laughs> selection of horror films over the there that i could probably watch some recommendations i you i think you will enjoy i think from the vibe that i'm getting you will Uh enjoy terrifier i'm not sure if you've watched it already no i haven't the first one is amazing it's very gruesome um but the acting could be classed as so bad that it's good um Mm -hmm. however the second one has just come out um, in this cinema here, I think. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure if you can somehow access it where you are. But um, I think you guys, I think you should give that a try as well. It's amazing. Nice. We actually, it was quite funny. Uh, so I went to uh, where I live here in Central Texas. There's a big music or a movie or a film festival. That, that's what yeah. they're called, film festival that happens. And the big night every or the big like screening block is their horror films, and we went. So me and a couple of co-workers went to their horror film screenings and some of these independent films that they were making that as far as horror films, I was like, 
you did this with no budget or very little budget, that's crazy. Like, we had somebody that made a film about a grandpa that went insane and poisoned his entire family. Like, and it's because his dead wife was telling him to. And just the way they pulled it off, it was like, this is crazy. And so, so yeah, horror films, anything, anything else? Uh, Do you like watching any other types of movies or is it all just pretty much horror films? It is all just pretty much horrors, actually. Awesome. Awesome. And then just kind of um, moving forward with everything, what's kind of the plan? Obviously, you've got all your uh, releases coming up, the music video, the upcoming uh, single release, music videos for everything. What's kind of the plan heading into 2023? Oh, no. Sorry, you just broke up a little bit. Oh, it's, it's all good. Uh, just kind of uh, what's kind of the plan going into 2023 after you come through like all these releases? Um, my plan would definitely be to, like I said, get that first album sorted mm-hmm. um, get all, well, not all my videos, but most of my visuals for my songs that are already released sorted. Um, and from then on, I just want to keep working hard and release another la- another album. But I want to so badly make it, I want to hit the scene. I want to make it in America. That's what I want to do so bad. I want to be recognized so badly. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed. Awesome. And of course, now the stream's going to clean itself up a little bit. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, no, that that's amazing. Like, I definitely say keep going for it. Keep, you know, if you get a chance to come over stateside and visit Nashville or, you know, a lot of UK musicians don't even really consider like Memphis or uh, Austin. Austin's a huge uh, live performance scene. Like if you like getting out there and playing, Austin's definitely a good place to be. Austin, Texas, that is. Um, So there's definitely a lot of places to kind of be as far as uh getting yourself out there especially in the states i agree 100 percent. so uh let me know uh whenever you decide to uh kind of make that trip whether it's just for a week or whatever it is and you know we're always here to support you and uh kind of help you get your music out there that's one thing i really love about doing this podcast is all these cool musicians i get to meet and yeah most of the time it's virtually but you know it doesn't matter yeah no no thank you so much for having me and like your support means a great deal to me and fingers crossed um we'll be doing a lot more of these in the in the future and hopefully if i come over then i'll be able to see you yeah for sure it's uh and hopefully i'm sure i kept saying november this month or this year i would be in nashville but i don't think i'm going to be able to get it together in the next three and a half weeks i don't think it's going to play out like that but um uh, we are planning to be in Na- or take a trip to Nashville in March, so I'm excited for, for that. Yes, but um, if anybody wants to check out your music or anything or interact with you on social media, is where's the best place to find you? Um, so all my socials are under Olivia. Also, my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and my TikTok, and my Snapchat, and my page is Olivia www.olivialinofficial.com um 
which is my website. So, And then my music would be on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube, and it'll be under Olivia Lynn. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night actually we will be back um with uh, another amazing podcast i want to thank everybody for tuning in and we will see you all later thank you so much for having me yeah